What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. If you missed last week, we talked about the history of the church of Thyatira and where it is in the church age. We don't have time to go back into that today, and so I'd like you to turn to Revelation um, chapter 2, and we will start in verse 18. Revelation 2, verse 18, it says, To the angel of the church of Thyra, Tyra, right, the words of the Son of God. I remember last week we talked about it's really the Son of Man in verse 113, but because he's coming into a church, he doesn't come in as the Son of Man. He comes in as the risen Christ, as the Son of God, because he has eyes like a flame of fire and, though, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. And whenever we see, and we talked about this last time, Whenever we see brass and fire in the Bible, it is always symbolic of judgment. God is a God who judges. God is a God who purifies us as a people. And we said last week, if judgment is going to start, let it start where? In the house of God. So this is for us. This is for that church there. But this is for our church as well. So we don't want to drift off today. Verse 19, I know your works, your love, your faith, your servants, your service, your patient endurance, that your later works exceed your first. So this church was getting better in the works that they were doing, the ministry that was happening. And again, I talked a little bit about that last week, about all of the good things that were done by this church. I also have to readjust something. Will, if you could throw up that QR code. Last week when I said to put it up, I didn't give clear directions, and some people actually took a picture of this, and they didn't know what to do with it, okay? So if you're here today, if you could just do this so people don't feel awkward, uh, go ahead and lift your phone up to that, please. And when you put your camera Go to your camera. When you put your camera up, there'll be a link that shows up. Press the link. Don't take a picture with your camera, okay? Don't do... Some of the younger generation is laughing at you right now, and you need to honor the elderly, because some of the elderly took a picture, and they came to me, and they're like, this isn't working, Chris. I'm like, it's my bad. We had... Last report was like 37 people sign up, okay, which is awesome. But I know your works, they should be a lot better than that. So if you're you're part of Bow Down as a church, no guilt, no condemnation, but you need to be serving somewhere. And I want you to prayerfully look at that list because, again, we talked about last week, Whenever a body part doesn't serve another body part, it's called cancer. And so if Bow Down Church is your home, you should be serving somewhere, somewhere. Now, you may have like seven kids at home and it's the wrong season for you. We're good with that. 
But if you're bringing those seven kids to our children's church, maybe one Sunday you can serve in children's church, I'm just saying. But it's between you and the Lord. Let's continue to go. Verse 20, and here's where we left off last week. I have this against you. And this is why we don't want to read the Bible. We want to let the Bible read us. We want to welcome the Holy Spirit to say, okay, what is it that you have against me? Now, some of you are a little confused because you're like, wait a minute, we sing the song, if God is for me, who or what can be against me, right? If God is for us, here's the deal. Jesus can be for you, and he is for you. That scripture is true. If I'm for you, who or what can be against you? But he can also be against you at the same time he's for you. What do you mean by that? If you've had kids, you already know what I mean. You love your little darlings who are little rebels at heart that need Jesus. You're always for them, but you definitely have some things against them, right? Even it's just a dirty diaper and you need to change it because, ugh, I'm against that. I got to remove that. It's affecting the whole house here. So we understand this, and, I, and last week I told you that I got alone with God, and I took out a piece of paper, and I wrote down on the top of the piece of paper, Holy Spirit, what do you, lead me into truth, Jesus, what do you have against me? Holy Spirit, his job is to convict of sin, to, to, to help us to, to, to come into truth, right? Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will, will lead you and guide you into all truth. So if I'm deceived which I can be because I'm prone to justify my way. I think I'm always right. You can ask my wife. We need, come on, guys, wake up. That was a joke. Um, We need the Holy Spirit to help us because we will compare. We'll look at other believers. I'm not doing that bad. You want to invite the Holy Spirit to say, okay, what is it in me? What do you have against me, Jesus? And not only did I do that, and I had a long list, but I took my list to my friend Kevin, Kevin Witowski, who runs 516, and I went over my list with him. We prayed over my list, and I asked him to pray for me so that this stuff would just be gone in my life, and he has permission to speak into my life. Because I don't want Jesus to have anything against me. Church, I don't know who you have in this place or maybe outside of this place where you are opening up your life with all your faults and saying, hey, I need you to hold me accountable. I need you to pray for me. This is what I'm dealing with. If you're not doing that, then, then, then you're really not walking like you're called to walk as a disciple. Look, even the Lone Ranger had Tonto, okay? Jeez, 11 o'clock, did you miss your coffee? Some of you don't know who the Lone Ranger is. He's a guy who had Tonto. Look, you need... <laughs> Tonto is an Indian... Lone Ranger Cowboy. Come on, guys. You need somebody in your life that will, that will speak into your life. If you don't have that, there's a great opportunity for you to walk in deception. 
There's a great opportunity for you not to grow in Christ because you're not confessing your sins one to another so that you may be what? Healed. I'm not getting healed in this area. Well, who are you sharing it with? It's not always just a physical healing. It could be an internal one. Because, listen, the heart can be wicked and deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Well, the Holy Spirit and Jesus know it. Also, you see the next part? I have this against you. You tolerate. You tolerate. What are you tolerating in your life right now? That's a question you need to ask. Holy Spirit, bring revelation if I'm tolerating anything in my life. Today, we're talking about the Jezebel spirit. Jesus had an issue with the church because the church tolerated Jezebel. I'll never forget meeting with a guy named Rich Boggs. And I was trying to, early on, overcome pornography. And I was at his office out in Okeechobee, where he worked at Dunklin'. And I would mess up every three weeks. And then then I'd get a month. And then I'd mess up again. Go back to, like a dog returning to his vomit. And he says, how long are you going to tolerate that? I'll never forget that. He's sitting in his chair. He looks me in the eyes and he says, how long are you going to tolerate that? And some of us are tolerating things in our life. How many of us are okay that we worry? It's okay. God understands it's okay. Well, Scripture says, do not be what? Anxious. God's not a bad dad that he's going to tell you to do something that he's not going to give you the power to do. But we in our society and even our church culture, we become and tolerate things that we shouldn't tolerate because to live in the kingdom means I never worry again. And when you begin to worry, you're moving out of the kingdom mentality. Because not a sparrow falls without my dad knowing trust you. Does he understand? Yes, he understands, but you don't tolerate that in your life. Here, Jesus is coming. He's coming into his church. He's coming with fire in his eyes, and he's looking in, and he's saying, hey, I have this stuff against you guys. As I went over my list, All of a sudden, some ministry situations popped up this week. And in one of the situations, I began to internally judge the person for what they were doing. Ah, I can't believe they did that. And then I got alone with God. And God was like, Christopher, my son in whom I'm well pleased. Do you remember you did that? Ah, ah, I'm judging somebody for something that I did, but I forgot that I did it. Why? Because I justify. And then moving forward, preparing for this message, Ahab. Ahab is a passive man. And I'm like, I'm going to challenge the men. Don't be passive. Come on. And God's like, hey, Christopher, 
my son whom I love, whom I'm well pleased. These two situations right now, you are being passive. You are being an Ahab. So I got to fire somebody. I'm just kidding. When we don't confront where you're being an Ahab. And so, again, asking God, come and look. What am I tolerating? Is there anything you have against me? Guys, this is really, really healthy. This is why in the book it says in Revelation 1-3, when you read this book, you are blessed. This is the only book in the Bible that promises us a blessing for those who read it. And this is one of the reasons because when he comes with his eyes of fire, he burns away what doesn't belong. And we become pure and holy with undivided hearts bringing glory and honor to our great king. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 5, please. Not only individually, God, what do you have against me? What am I tolerating? But we need to ask that as a church. God, what do you have against bow down? We'll talk, to Je- talk about Jezebel. Jezebel wants to answer that really bad. So anyway, we'll get to that. Another joke, but maybe God's telling me not quit joking today. <laughs> Who was that? Who was? Uh... <laughs> um... What is it that we're, we're tolerating in our church right now? And organizationally, you know, Urban Youth Impact, where, wherever. Hey, what are we tolerating collectively? What needs to go? So 1 Corinthians 5, 1 and 2, it says this. It says, it is actually reported that there's sexual immorality among you and a kind that's not tolerated even among the pagans. For a man has his father's wife. Now, let me just say sexual immorality. What does that mean? That means viewing pornography. That means giving into self-pleasure. Uh, that means homosexuality. That means this, incest. Sexual, any sex that happens outside of marriage. Sexual immorality. For a man has his father's wife, verse 2, and, 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 and you are arrogant. This church was walking in an arrogance and a pride. And when you get to chapters uh, 12, they were doing a lot of spiritual things with tongues. Paul even had to correct that. Hey, listen, (laughs) prophecy is better than tongues, is what he said. Not to discount them. I wish you all spoke in tongues. But then he had to focus them on 1 Corinthians 13, which was love. Love, love, love. So this is an immature church, not only acting very spiritual, but also this kind of stuff was going on. And he says, you ought to mourn. You ought to be broken. And then he says, let him who's done this be removed from among you. Basically kicked out of the church. Well, that doesn't sound very loving. 
understand Jesus gave us clear instructions. One of the first commands he ever gave to the church was in Matthew 18, 15 through 17. You go one-on-one to your brother. If he doesn't listen, then bring two. If he doesn't bring two, then bring him before the church. If he doesn't listen to the church, then he gets kicked out and treated as a pagan, treated as an unbeliever if they don't submit to church leadership. So Jesus is God and God is love and confronting evil and purging the church from filth is very loving. The reason why we don't think so is because we've created an idol out of Jesus where he just loves, he just forgives, he never judges. Well, we're reading here, who's talking in Revelation 2? It's Jesus. What's he doing? He's judging and also threatening. He's threatening. He's threatening. 1 Corinthians 5.11, let's keep, keep going, same chapter, and, and, and this is what Paul says, but now I'm writing to you not, not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother if he's guilty of sexual immorality. So if somebody is unrepentant and they just don't care, I'm going to continue this way of life. Greed. See, we allow that to happen in the American church because of the prosperity gospel that comes into the church, that somebody is blessed and highly favored if they have wealth, but it could be, could be, we have to be careful, a cover for greed. And Paul says, those that are greedy don't associate. Idolater, reviler, a drunkard, a swindler, not even to eat with such a one. But what I have to do with judging outsiders, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? You might want to highlight that because, Chris, you're coming across judgmental. I'm reading the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. You're supposed to judge the church. God will judge those outside. And here it go. Highlight it. Purge the evil person among you. So. If my brother is confessing sin and wants to change and keeps slipping and falling back into things, but you see their effort where there's a real repentance, then you need to keep eating with that person. This is talking about the person that says, hey, tithing, that's Old Testament, man. I'm keeping all my money. Uh, This is the person that would say, "Um, I'm going to keep living with my girlfriend. I I just think God understands. That's kind of Old Testament law, you know, and just we're in the new covenant. It's grace, grace, grace. We're covered by the blood, man. Jesus understands. No, listen, he does understand, but he also wants a pure bride, a holy church. 
And so scripture is clear that, hey, I love you so much and I will continue to meet with you and pray with you, but you are just not repenting of this. So therefore, I've got to break fellowship with you because if I continue to roll with you like this, I'm beginning to affirm your behavior and, and how you walk like it is okay. No, it is not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. And so today, if you know somebody who's just kind of living foul, Matthew 18, 15 through 17, you go one-on-one, and I pray that they listen so you can gain a brother. That's the motive. That's the heart. Because here's the deal. Somebody that continued to live, let's just say, in sexual immorality, that's not only going to destroy their own personal life. It's going to destroy the other person. It's also going to destroy the generations that are to come afterwards because of unrepentant sin. And it's the love of Christ that causes us to move towards people because we see they're never going to walk in the plans and purposes of God walking in rebellion against God. And it's loving. This is love. This is love. Where, of course, it doesn't sound like love. <sighs> That's because we've created Jesus as an idol. To make him be like we want him to be. And he's not the God that is described here in this book. And we need to repent of that. That's why it's one of the ten. Do not make an image. Do not make God an image. Like, right? We, we will do that. We will do that. All right. Here's the deal. I want you to turn to Luke 10, please. I pray you really receive this deep within your spirit in the name of Jesus. Because when we repent of these things, we walk in freedom, we walk in power, we walk in authority that we're supposed to walk in. We want to let the Holy Spirit Bring revelation to this text. Listen to this, Luke 10, verse 19. Behold, I have given you authority. You might want to highlight that, Christian. You have been given authority by Jesus. And what is that authority for? To tread on all serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You might want to highlight all the power of the enemy. A Christian cannot say the devil made me do it. The devil can't make you do anything unless... You're walking in rebellion to what God has told you to do. Do not let the sun go down on your anger because it gives the devil a place. You're disobeying God, so now I'm coming under the enemy's authority through disobedience. But if I repent and ask the Holy Spirit, come, what do you have against me? Come, what am I tolerating? Purify me. Okay, I repent. Now I walk in the authority that God has given me. And listen, when you understand your identity, then you can walk in your authority. The battle is for, is for identity in, your, in yourself. This is who you are. This is who we are. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ, Ephesians 2.6. That means we are above every power, principality, power and authority and ruler in the high places. They're under our feet because we're seated in Christ. When we talk about Jezebel today, listen, 
You're above Jezebel. You, are, you have more power from Jesus to overcome anything that Jezebel would bring. And we have to believe this in order to walk forward. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. You have power over all the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in that, that the spirits are subject to you. Sometimes we miss that, and we go to eternal salvation. Hey, yeah, we need to focus on, but don't miss what he just said. The spirits are subject to you. Every demonic spirit Christian is subject to you according to Jesus. You have been given authority. Use it. And when we don't use it, we tolerate things that shouldn't be tolerated in the church. How do I know? Because I've done it. I've not used the authority that God has given me and I've been passive. I've been passive. And I've allowed things to happen that shouldn't have happened because I just didn't stand up. My wife's always telling me, Chris, you're a pastor. You have every right to say that. And I'm like, honey, you're a priest. You, you say it. Don't quit pointing at me. Did we run out of coffee before we got? Anyway, it's all jokes. It's all jokes. So let's look at one, verse 20, Revelation 2. That woman Jezebel. Oh, that woman Jezebel, that woman Jezebel. Let me just say this before we move on for the rest of the time. I'm going to probably be referring to Jezebel as a she, but Jezebel can be an influencing spirit that comes through men as well. I've seen Jezebel at work through men who wanted to dominate and get control. And when they didn't, it was a blow up. It was, I'm taking my ball, I'm going home. That woman Jezebel, 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 who calls herself, calls herself. She is self-promoting. So the Jezebel spirit is self-promoting. Self-promoting. And is teaching. She may have the gift of teaching, or he may have the gift of teaching. Wow, that's a really good sermon. That's a really good message, gift of teaching. But the teaching will lead to compromise. You might want to write that down. The teaching will lead to compromise. Now, ladies, before we move on, all of my strong female leaders in the house just giving a shout out. I just want to stand in Christ and apologize to you if you've been labeled Jezebel because of the strength of your leadership. A lot of times that's attached to females. Oh, it's Jezebel. She's Jezebel. Jezebel, Jezebel, Jezebel. And could just be a, a strong leader, strong qualities. And we've got to be very careful when we begin to label people, by the way. Okay? Jesus was the truth. 
he was right on this, and sometimes we can think we're right, but we could be off. This is why Scripture says, with prophetic words, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, do not despise prophecies, but test them and hold fast to what is good. Which means some of them ain't going to be good. That's why we've got to test them. But Jesus, he's right, he's right on. Now, ladies, I, I, I want you, actually, let's go ahead and turn to Genesis 4, please. Genesis 4. Verse 7, there's two things that I want to show you real quick um, because it's really important. Uh, even though the Jezebel spirit can work through men and women, ladies, it's often more susceptible to women. All right? Now, I don't want to be called a misogynist, but I will. I know just how things work. But I'm going to show you from the Bible why that is. Okay? So, Genesis 4-7. If you do well... Will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire, you want to highlight desire, is contrary to you, but you must over, you must rule over it. So here is Cain, he's about to kill Abel, and God is telling him this desire, sin is crouching, and its desire is to rule over or to control you. You see that there? Now, that word in the Hebrew is teshuka, teshuka, okay? Say that, teshuka, all right? I hope it was right. Um, anyway, so, so that's that word there. It means to control over. Now, here's the thing, identity-wise. Did Cain have the Holy Spirit? No, wasn't given yet. Who has the Holy Spirit? We do as New Testament believers. He didn't, but yet he had the power to control sin in his life? Please stop talking about how you can't overcome something. You have in you the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It is in you. And if Cain had the power and the authority to take control over sin, stop making excuses. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Thank you, Antoine. I want you to go back to Genesis 3.16. One page over, Genesis 3.16, and here's going to explain why I said what I said about the ladies. Ladies, I love you. God loves you. But Scripture Scripture. It says your desire, you want to highlight that, and that's that word again, teshuka, teshuka, teshuka. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. So in the curse, God is saying, ladies, there is going to be a desire to control your husband. It's not desiring sexually, by the way. You know, guys, some of us guys wish it was. But it's a desire to control. And so when guys are passive, the women just steps up and takes the leadership role. Be very careful of that. Now, every curse is broken in the name of Jesus. But again, but again, you can cast out the devil, but you can't cast out your flesh. That's part of the curse. And so we just have to be aware, and that's why it's, it's more prevalent within females. Does that make sense? Will, go ahead and put up that chart, please. So we're going to run through this, and I want you guys to see some things here, all right? Some of you might want to take a picture. Now, don't click on it because nothing's going to pop up. This is, this is not a code. You can take a picture. And these are attributes of a Jezebel spirit. 
The first thing that we see is the ultimate goal is always control. Um, this is a spirit that wants to be in charge. This often happens with weak leadership. This spirit has a, an agenda to, to take over, can sometimes be heard. Hey, I want to serve. Hey, this is what my giftings are. Now, when someone comes up and says that, it doesn't mean that they have a Jezebel spirit, by the way. It could just mean they have a pure heart that wants to serve. But what we have to do as believers is we have to be discerning because the motive of serving is to gain control. I need to be in leadership. That's what's going on and can look real spiritual. Oh, they're always serving. So we have to be aware of that. Understand in 1 Kings, Ahab was controlled. The false prophets were controlled. For a time, Elijah was controlled. And we'll get into that in a second. And so that's what's going on. Spirit of Jezebel wants to control. The second thing is that leadership will be attacked. Jezebel attacks leadership. Jezebel hates the prophets. So a prophetic gifting, you will be hated by Jezebel. You'll be hated. You will get Jezebeled someday. You will be attacked someday if you stand on God's word. Jezebel holds grudges. Jezebel keeps records of wrongs. Jezebel will come in and say, Oh, man, you know, bow down is, is really good in this area, but. And then all of a sudden, there's a list. What's going on there? Trying to gain control, gossip, slander, trying to create followers. Here's, church, what I need you to do so we can have a healthy and whole church. If somebody says something good and then there's a but, you stop the but. And you say, did you go talk to them about that? And if they say no, then say, hey, I don't want to hear that because I don't want to enter into that. When you go talk to them, then you can come talk to me if they don't listen. And that's what I'm going to ask you if you went to talk to them. Hey, gossip will go way down in this church if that kind of stuff happens because that's healthy. That's healthy. Well, um, they, they always blow up when I, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you judging them for their past? They always? Sounds judgmental. You, you got to repent right now for that. You don't know how they're going to respond. What if God's reviving them and they're going to respond with humility? See, love always believes the best. Love always hopes. Love always never keeps records of wrongs. You're doing the opposite. So you're avoiding confrontation because you think you know how they're going to react and respond. You are becoming judgmental and you're making an excuse. Understand, Jezebel hates leadership and will talk about it overtly or even subtly through prayer requests. Hello, church. Oh, I got, we need to pray for Pastor Chris. By the way, church, you know all my junk. When I mess up, it's out there, okay? I'm just letting you know. I like to do that. Why? Because I take power from Jezebel. Number three, I want you to turn to 1 Kings 19, please.
And I'd like you to put in this passage, put PC so you can remember me. Because God has given me a prophetic gifting. Prophetic from the sense where I stand on the word of God and I do not bend. And that is by God's grace, and I pray I never bend off that, but that's kind of how I'm made up. I, can't, I, I do not want to move off of God's word, and Jezebel hates God's word. She hates the prophets. And this is how I get attacked going through this. I realize this. This is how I get attacked, and this is why I'm bringing it up. I need you to pray for me. 1 Kings 19, it says this in verse 2. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah the prophet, saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I don't make your life as a life of one of them by this time tomorrow. She's threatening him. Then he was what? Afraid. Sometimes nobody has to say anything, but that spirit of Jezebel can come and make somebody afraid. Then he arose, verse 3, ran for his life, came to Bathsheba, Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. You might want to highlight that. So now he's by himself, verse 4. So he's alone. And he went a day's journey into the wilderness. Now there's isolation that's happening. And he came down and sat down under a broom tree and asked that he might die, saying, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I'm no better than my father's. So... If you're taking note from this, when Jezebel attacks, she uses fear, a distortion of fear, causes the prophets to draw back, to run. It can cause isolation. They just want to be alone. And then depression, depression, depression. And then he was actually bordering suicide. Now, I, I don't have those suicidal thoughts, praise God. But everything else I can personally relate to. I can personally relate to. So we need to pray for one another. Jezebel's going to attack, bow down. She already has, by the way. She already has. The next thing that you see is she's a natural leader. See in Revelation 2, right? Gifts of teaching. Gifts of teaching. Spiritual. She's a prophetess. Then you see number five. Insecure with unhealed wounds. This is why we have an inner healing ministry in our church. We need more people to serve, but we need more people to go and attend. Why? Because the enemy can get in with past trauma. For example, if you have a divorce in your life as a kid or there's been some kind of abuse as a child, that probably, that wound might be in you. And sometimes the enemy can get into those places and fear can come in. And when fear comes in, you can begin to move by saying, I'm gonna control this situation so I can become safe. I'm gonna control this situation or this person so that I can become safe. Control is an illusion, by the way. You can't control anything. And the Jezebel spirit can come upon people who haven't dealt with their past and begin to move and operate 
in the church through unhealed people. Again, in the church, Chris, yeah, again, we're in Revelation 2. He's talking to the what? Church. So this is in the church, guys. Now, let's back off for a second. I don't need you to go around looking. We're just exposing, and we're going to remove. Expose and remove. Six, deceptive, subtle, manipulative. Giving the quiet treatment to someone is controlling and manipulative. This person could be nice to your face but stabs you in the back. This person might be looking for information, seeming like they care, but will use that information against you. That's why I encourage you to be vulnerable with someone. Because if somebody knows your mess, it can't be really used against you. Number seven, proud, independent, and rebellious. Rebellion is the sin of what, church? Witchcraft. And so this person might not be able to be confronted because when you confront them, what are they going to do? Attack you. They're going to, they're proud. They can't receive. They blame, they deflect, they never own, and they'll attack you if you confront them. You might be dealing with the Jezebel spirit if that happens. When When somebody's walking in the spirit, they don't get defensive. They receive. Even if it's 95% wrong, God, what is the 5% that I can own? I want to be quick to listen and slow to speak, quick to listen to the Holy Spirit. Is is what this person bringing true? And help me, God, help me, God, to turn and repent so that I can be right before you and before them. If you get attacked when you're confronted, you may be dealing with another spirit there. Remember, our battle's not against what? flesh and blood the spiritual is more real than the natural number eight it takes an ahab to let her be effective so when there is a lot of passivity in our houses and our churches this is when this spirit can rise up and take charge all right So, Will, if you could throw up that one picture. My wife and I are doing this right now, and I want to challenge you, church, specifically husbands and wives. We're reading through the Bible, and as we read through the Bible together, my wife reads. I have this little highlighter, and I highlight what I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to pray. And after my wife gets done reading the chronological Bible, which takes about 10 minutes, I then start to pray and declare things that we've read from God's word over our home, over our house, and you guys too, by the way. Because I love you guys. And I want you to walk in the fullness of God. Will, next one. And so this is Leviticus, by the way. Like, can we get anything out of Leviticus, people say? That's another hard book, but it's really good. And so I'm highlighting Look, look at this. The lampstand continually in the Lord's presence. What's that remind you of? Revelation. He walks in the midst of what? 
The lampstands. It's the presence of God. Must keep the lamps burning. So God, fire in our home. God, we don't want to be like the virgins who have no oil. Fill us, God, so that we burn. I pray for my children. I pray for my wife. I pray for our church that we would be a church on fire, God. Please move. And we begin to intercede with God with what he wrote. And things begin to shift and move. And it takes 15, 20 minutes. Unless I start praying longer, it could be 30. But anyway, it's another topic, another time. Listen, we can we stop being passive in our houses? We allow things to rise up when we're passive. Number nine. Back to the the main picture, Will. She has a religious spirit. A religious spirit. In the book of Nehemiah, Tobiah, who was building the wall, had a religious name. It means Jehovah is good. God is good. But Tobiah was working with the enemy, even though he had the right name. And so this religious spirit will cause a mixture, and it will cause people to move off of intimacy with Jesus. It may be a good thing, but it might not lead to intimacy with Jesus. That's what the religious spirit does. And then 10, family is out of order. Family's out of order. I think the big mistake of the church allowed Jezebel in the church this past couple years. We were heartbroken over George Floyd and, and Ahmaud Aubrey and what had taken place. And we allowed this movement of Black Lives Matter to come in, and there was a lot of the Church of Jesus Christ that joined that movement. And as I look at the original tenets of that movement, and I line it up with the Jezebel spirit, I see the Jezebel spirit in that movement. Why do you say that, Chris? Well, the original tenets was to destroy, destroy the family. No male leadership. Jezebel doesn't want the men to be in their rightful place as head of the home. She wants to do things her own way, and so we're going to destroy the family. Again, this is their document. They also promoted sexual immorality as well where we are pro this, and they're very upfront with that. Then, listen, everybody white here today, okay? You're not allowed to talk. You have to listen. No talking for you, because your skin is the wrong color. You need to listen. Now, is there some truth there? Yeah, but if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through me. And so I just don't need to listen. I may have a word from the Lord that can set you free, brother. And no, you're not allowed to talk. No, listen, he can make white bread, wonder bread with one word. Gosh, that was funny, guys. (laughs) He can make white bread, wonder bread with, that's tweetable. I mean, come on. 
But the spirit of control, that Jezebel spirit, no, no, you can't talk, you can't talk, you can't talk. Only we can talk. Woo! And what about the fear? If you don't convict, riots. What does Jezebel do? Operates with fear and control and manipulation. We see that there as well. And also, a lot of the church didn't know this because they don't study the occult and witchcraft, but when they're chanting, say their name, say their name, say their name, that is demonic witchcraft and ritual that's happening so that when people are chanting somebody's name, you're attracting the demonic while you're marching. And we had Christians marching because of a compassion that was really, really good but we Jezebeled with that organization and now look at the fruit from that organization. I ain't seen him in our hood. And what came out of all of that stuff, books like White Fragility, where our compassionate people are drinking that stuff in, like Candy, another book written by a woman, Control, manipulation, white people don't talk. I mean, the, the root, the fruit of all of that stuff, Jezebel. And we've allowed it right in our church. And we got comfortable with it. Uh, let me just say, probably need some prayer. Because Jezebel hates Elijah. And, I, and I, by the way, I've already been canceled before. But they tried to cancel Jesus. What happened? He came back, didn't he? (laughs) And he's coming back again. And so this is who we are. And listen, to awaken our church, to call the church into repentance, if you ever aligned yourself with Jezebel, here's the list. It's time to come out. We've got to be pure, guys. We've got to be holy. We've got to be set apart. Now, this is why I like this list. You see that one part where it says me? Don't look at anybody else, but you say, God, look into me. Look into me. What is it here in my life, God, that I need to repent of where I had some conviction when Chris was talking about this and help me to repent? And after you do that, you see, that's how you get the log out of your eye. But then once you get the log out of your eye... Jesus says to go get the speck out of your brother's and sister's eyes. That we would say to one another, hey, do you see any of this in me? That we have that freedom as a church family to say, wow, yeah, speak into my life. This list, look at it concerning me. Do you see any of that? Please come and talk to me. And finally, We need to pray for those that are our enemies, that walk in a Jezebel. If you've been Jezebeled before, like I have, we pray and we bless our enemies. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because here, we're going to end here, verse 21. What's it say? I gave her time, Revelation 2.21, I gave her time to repent. This is the grace of God. God is talking about Jezebel. He gave her time to repent. He gave her time to repent, but she refuses. 
to repent of her sexual morality. Behold, I will throw her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into a great tribulation unless they repent of their works, and I will strike her children dead. This is the God of the Bible, the God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His grace gave her time to repent, but if she didn't repent, this is the consequences of that. And so, worship team, if you can come on up, please, and prayer partners, if you could come up as well. I know I went really long, but here's the deal. This is why we we need children's church, because I can keep going. So uh, some of you need to sign up for children's church. How do you like that manipulation and control? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Let's ask the Holy Spirit to purify us as a church. Purify us as a people. That if there's any doors we've, we've opened to any demonic spirits, that God would reveal them specifically the Jezebel spirit, that if we we walk in this, we can recognize, we can discern the Jezebel spirit's not going to be able to wreak havoc in this church because we've become wise and discerning, led by the spirit, so we can recognize that and, 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 and be able to deal with it. And remember, Jesus has given us all authority so we don't have to tolerate Jezebel. And we're not going to in this church. Expose it, God. Expose it, God. Help us not to tolerate, but to confront it and continue to purify your bride. God, that is our cry. That's the cry of our heart, God. I pray you would just continue to have your way in our lives, God, that you would just continue to purify us. We need you, God. We need you. As we sing, as we worship, I pray for those that are dealing with some some things of conviction right now. I pray you would just draw them forward to receive prayer, forgiveness. I thank you, God, for forgiveness because you have declared that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We thank you for the cross, God, and we do pray against the Jezebel spirit in this place. We pray that nothing, no power of the enemy would have its sway in this church. Keep us pure, God, we pray, as we depend on you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.